I started my own restaurant because I love to cook, but that also means a lot of greasy pots and pans. Good morning, good morning, and good morning. Welcome to Zion Hill. We welcome you today in the name of our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We thank you all for coming here today to worship with us today. We thank you for those who are viewing on the airways. We thank you for just coming out to just fellowship, Lord God. And we ask you to just let the Lord have his way. And if you feel like singing, dancing, praising God, dancing, whatever it is that the Lord has led you to do, let him have his way. And if this is your first time fellowshipping with us today, when the service is over, please go out into the foyer at the greeter's table and get your gift. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to you right now thanking you for this day, Lord God. We thank you, God, for your mercy and your grace, Lord God. Lord God, we come to you humble, Lord God. Lord God, we humble ourselves before you, Lord God, because we know, Lord God, we cannot save ourselves, Lord God. For it is you, Lord God, who have woke us up this morning, started us on our way. We thank you, Lord God, for health and strength, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for being able to move, Lord God, to speak, to talk, to walk, Lord God. Because we know so many people did not wake up this morning, Lord God. And Lord God, we pray for those who have lost loved ones, Lord God. Lord God, we pray that you just comfort them, Lord God. Give them strength, Lord God, so they can just continue to just praise you and worship you, Lord God. And Lord God, we pray for those lost in the world, Lord God who do not know you and the partner of their sin, Lord God. We pray for our brothers and sisters, Lord God. Lord God, touch them in a mighty way, Lord God. Lord God, we pray for those who are traveling right now, going to work or wherever they may be going, Lord God. Give them traveling grace and mercy, Lord God. Lord, we pray for our children, Lord God. Lord God, just lead them and direct them, Lord God. Lord God, there are so many temptations out there in the world, Lord God. And Lord, we just pray, Lord God, as parents, Lord God, as believers, Lord God, we can just speak life into them, Lord God, and just pray and plead the blood of Jesus over them, Lord God. Lord God, I pray for every man, woman, and child that is here today, Lord God, thanking you for them, Lord God, to have the desire to be here, Lord God, to praise you, Lord God, to worship you, Lord God. Lord God, there are so many things that people are dealing with, Lord God, depression and anxiety, Lord God, but Lord God, you have set us free, Lord God, and we are free indeed, Lord God. We are no longer bound, Lord God. We are no longer chained, Lord God. So thank you for deliverance, Lord God. Thank you for restoration, Lord God. Thank you for the fruits of the Spirit, Lord God. And Lord God, I pray for the man of God. I pray for our pastor, Lord God. Touch him, Lord God. Lead him, Lord God. Continue to use him in a mighty way, Lord God. We pray for his family, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you. We love you and we adore you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Good morning, good morning. Come on and stand to your feet. For this is the day that the Lord has made. Anybody came to rejoice. Come on, if you came to rejoice, come on and make some noise in this place. We're going to be celebrating the name of Jesus all month long. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on, put your hands together like this. We're celebrating the name of Jesus. 
the name of Jesus lifted high, lifted high, lifted high. The name of Jesus lifted high in this place. The name of Jesus lifted high. We lift you high, we lift you high. Come on, say in this place. The name of Jesus. Powerful name, the same name. The name of Jesus is in this place. Come on, the name of Jesus. We glorify, we magnify. The name of Jesus is in this place. Come on, say, whoa. Glory, 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 
every day. God is good. If God does nothing else for us, he's already done enough. He's still good. So let's bless God with our tithes and offering because he has blessed us with so much. Ushers, come forward. Father God, we just thank you right now, Lord God. We thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this, Lord God, to be a part of the offering, the tithe, the giving, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for what you have blessed us with, Lord God. And Lord God, we, we give it back to you cheerfully, God, because we know that you love a cheerful giver, Lord God. So we praise you, we bless you, we magnify your holy name in Jesus' name. I just want to add that the pastor had come off. The pastor has been talking about the youth building and he really wants this youth building built. So let God use you to be a blessing to our children, to help him get this youth building built because it is going to be a blessing not only to our children, but the children in the community because this is why he's doing this so that there are no children that are left behind we have too many children that are locked up who are left behind the people don't even think that they care about some children don't even know what love is they don't know what it is to feel love so this is just another extension of showing that you love God as well as the children of this community thank you
anniversary. We thank God for them. Amen. What a blessing to be a part of what God is doing in their life. They are 19 years of marriage. To God be the glory. Anybody else having wedding anniversary? All right, praise the Lord. Uh, Dr. Brown, Brother Brown, tell us how long. 1942? Oh, 41 years. I was close. <laughs> praise God. 41 years of marriage. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. 40 years. Wow. My Lord. That's Brother Hinton, isn't it? 40 years. Wow. He looked like he's 40 years old. <laughs> to God be the glory. I s yes, please. Amen. 29 years. That's Sister John Thompson. What a blessing. You see, God is just blessing us. Now, is that your daughter next to you? Amen. Welcome. In the name of Jesus. Those are the grandchildren of Deacon Willie Howard. Amen. Way back there. Yes. Four years? Wow. 34. I thought she said four years. I, I was going to say, oh, that don't count. You're, you're still in honeymoon. <laughs> Praise God. 34 years. What a blessing. Anybody else? Man, I'm liking this. Seven years. Amen. That's a good number. Yes, ma'am. 37. Wow. 
To God be the glory. Now, I'm going to, where are y'all going to find us a song to celebrate all this? Oh, there's more? Oh, yes, sir. 43 years. Amen, amen. All right, Reverend, to God be the glory. We, we thank God for all these precious people. Wow, yes, sir. 39 years. Wow, praise the Lord. 18 years. Amen, brother. <laughs> this is now you, you since there's so much going on here, we're just gonna celebrate. I was glad to see all of you, our guests here. We appreciate you. We are grateful, grateful for your presence. Uh now please permit me to mention about the new year. It's been called to my attention that uh, the first Sunday of the year, January 1, falls on a Sunday. And also, uh, the night before that Sunday is our watch night. So, here's what we're going to do by permission of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'll I stay all night trying to figure this one out. And the challenge is between the facts that we are here the night before and then the next morning is church also. And then I have to balance that with my heart desire for you to start the year with God. So you see, I'm taking you behind the scene uh, to see the struggle of a pastor. Sometimes we're not able to, to cut it straight like we want to. So here's what we're going to do. On December 1, we're going to have church, but we're going to have just one service. So, I'm sorry? January 1? What did I say? Where was the difference? <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I just, those of you are live streaming, we have a family. <laughs> Every now and then I mess with them, they mess with me too. So, uh, so we're going to have church at 10 o'clock and we're going to have a combined service. So we're going to start with God trust him to lead us and guide us for the rest of the year. All minds clear? Uh, one more thing, I want to say thank you to, I see brother uh, Gary Johnson here. We appreciate you. Uh, please don't forget uh, the runoff election is this coming week. Please make yourself available for, for whoever the Lord is leading you. But please make sure you vote. That is very, very important. Please, please, I beg you, let's show up and make things happen. It is our civic responsibility 
but it's also very important for our community. All minds clear? I'm going to request, since we have so many anniversaries, we're going to do two things. We're going to, I'm going to ask Brother Charles, after our meet and greet, will you please come and just help me sing thank you, Lord. Just, 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 we, it will be to celebrate God and to rejoice with all of you. I don't know a better thing to do but just to tell God, thank you. Now let's all get up and say hello to one another. God bless you. Tell somebody we love them. We thank them for being in the house. Sunday, December the 11th. Amen. And we want all of you to come and socialize with us. The Lord has been blessing me. I've been attending so much Christmas social. I didn't know I still like to party. You know, you just have something you suppress, you think you deliver from it, but it's still there somewhere. So. But this is a good, good thing. So this coming Sunday, 
is my event planning coordinator. Amen. All of them are ready for us. All you need to do is show up and let's rejoice and celebrate with one another. Also this afternoon at 3 p.m., as many of you as can come and support one of our children in the Lord. Come on, Brother Charles. Um, Pastor Bobby Rhodes is one of the products of your church, and he's going to be installed as pastor over there at Union Missionary Baptist Church. I think that's First Union, if I'm not mistaken. That's right there in, in downtown. This precious choir will be there with me. And your pastor will be doing the installation and preaching and all that. It's a, it's a tradition here. When ministers become pastor, they invite their own pastor to come and install them. And for your information, this will be number 12 since I've been pastoring of your church. So the Lord is good. To God be the glory. So we're happy for all these precious ministers of the gospel, and we're just going to go rejoice with them. Hey, Brother Clarence Reed is here. God bless you, sir. We welcome you in Jesus' name. That's when you know he wasn't here just for politics. Brother Charles, it's all yours. Help me celebrate this. Oh! 
Timothy chapter 1 verse number 7 if you find it please say amen 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse number 7 the Bible says for God hath not given us what? The spirit of fear. But what he gave us is power. What else? Love. And what else? In sound mind. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word of God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Thank you for blessing this congregation. So many praise reports, so many anniversary. We are grateful, grateful, grateful for you being a good God to us. Our spirit man is ready to receive from heaven. Bread of heaven, feed us. Let your name be magnified in this house. Show us your ways. Draw us closer. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're about to do. Grant your servant an anointing to preach, to teach the word of God today. And Lord, we thank you for your word will not return for it. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on a subject titled, Fear Not. That's it. Fear not. I was minding my own business the other day and my wife told me we are now in Christmas season. Honestly, I didn't believe it, but because she said it, so I received. I asked specifically, why do you think it's Christmas yet? We are far away from Christmas. And she explained to me that in the store, that all the merchandise have been replaced with Christmas items. I was surprised I missed that. I guess I don't go to the store. And bless God, she said, all the colors also have been changed. I said, okay. Then I made a mental note of it that I needed to begin to teach or preach Christmas messages. Then I came to church this Thursday. I was having a meeting with some, some people, and I peeped through the door there just to check out the choir. And sure enough, I noticed that they were practicing Christmas carol. I said, wow, I cannot believe I'm that far removed from calendar. So that's where I got my prompting to begin to teach about Christmas. So I went before the Lord, and the first thing that came to my spirit man is this message that you and I should fear not. So if you don't hear anything else, I have to say today, the word of the Lord is simply fear not. Please take note that this expression, don't fear or fear not, is found in every message about Christmas in your Bible. You don't have to be a theologian to know there must be something important. Why every story about Christmas, God took the time to say, do not fear. Let me call your attention to them. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. The angel said to Joseph, fear not. In Luke chapter 1, verse 13, the angel said to Zachariah, Fear not. In the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 30, the angel said to Mary, Fear not. In the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the angel said to the shepherds, Fear not. Why is it that every account 
about Christmas, God is saying, fear not. There must be a reason. It's not a coincidence. If you see mama and daddy saying the same thing over and over again, children, I will strongly encourage you to pay attention. And we don't need to fear when God is on our side. God said to Zachariah, fear not. To Mary, fear not. To Joseph, fear not. To the shepherd, fear not. Everybody that come along the way, he's giving them the same message. Why? Because this is the season when the devil will be raging. Because the devil don't want this baby Jesus to be born. So he's going to be raising his ugly head. So that we don't receive the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. So let me warn you, let me school you. You have to be careful, you have to watch it. There is a spirit out there called the spirit of fear. And the word of God says, God has not given you and me the spirit of fear. So if you see it creeping in your home, creeping in your mind, you know without a doubt it's not from God. This is the time of the year where you see more and more expression of fear. The truth be told, if you allow this spirit to creep in, it will cost you very dearly. Say, for example, a fear of failure will cause you to fail. Are you here? A fear of sickness will cause you to become sick. Ladies and gentlemen, when COVID-19 came, most people died of the fear. It's so unfortunate. Many people, God is not even ready to take you. But because you panic, because you give up too early, because you're scared, I have to preach this to my own self. Because I'm not going to lie to you, I caught that COVID, whatever they call it, last year. And I have to constantly encourage my own self in the Lord. I will look myself in the mirror and say, I will not fear. I will not fear. I shall live and not die. It doesn't mean I'm holy. It doesn't mean I'm more righteous than others. It's just the grace of God. So I want to encourage you as you approach this season of Christmas, do not fear. If you're fearful of lack, guess what? The devil will make sure you're poor. If you have fear of death, 
Guess what? The devil will kill you. So the message to the church today is do not fear. Fear not. The Bible is full of examples of people who miss their blessing because of fear. You remember when Israel was trying to fight an enemy called Goliath. Am I still in the book? Well, everybody showed up to defend the land of Israel. But when they got there and they saw the enemy boasting and bragging and cursing their mama and their daddy. People became fearful and everybody went into their foxhole. It's amazing that it takes a little teenager. One thing I love about young people, they ain't scared. And you know what happened with the rest of the story. Job was another example. You know his story, how he lost an entire household. All of his children died one day. And Job admitted, he said, the things that I fear the most have finally come over me. He admitted on record that it was his fear That brought all this mess. Ladies and gentlemen, if you check the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 28, you see another example. Moses sent 12 spies to go spy the land. You all remember when they came back to give report. Ten of those 12, guess what happened to them? fear. They brought report, they told the pastor, oh no, we cannot go up there and fight those guys. There are giants in the land. They are much bigger than we do. They are mightier. We even saw the sons of Enoch there. Ain't no way we can go and fight these people. Their fear affected their report. If the pastor had listened to them, they would still be in Egypt. A spirit of fear is a monster. You have to make sure you don't allow it to operate in your marriage. Make sure you don't allow fear to operate in your business. Make sure you don't allow fear to operate in your ministry. To be honest with you, if your pastor had permitted spirit of fear, we would still be in the old church today. Because many of our members says, no, we cannot do this. Are they bad people? No. There is a spirit called spirit of fear. And God is warning you and me through this passage. Not just for you as a church, but for you individually. In your life, in your family, 
Those of you who are parents, it's your job to guide your children. I remember some times ago in this community, we lost power. It was very cold and it was dark. And all my children were telling me, Daddy, we're scared. Where well, is my job to make sure nobody is scared in the house? The same thing in your life. I remember I would just gather all of them and wrap them with blanket, and I'd be telling them stories. And now, people who are fearful before, now they're laughing, they're clapping with me. They said, we like all these African stories. Tell us some more. And they will come and say, Daddy, tell us more African stories. And it's usually with some songs, and then they'll be clapping, and be dancing. All of a sudden, we got rid of fear in the house. And people are walking around freely in total darkness without fear. Make sure you police your business. Police your house. Do not allow a spirit of fear to invade your life. I'm giving you examples after examples so that you know what this spirit can do. It can wreck a family. It can mess up a marriage. It can mess up a ministry. A business that you work so hard to build. The enemy can cause fear and panic to destroy a lifetime of work. Look at what happened in the book of Judges. Chapter 7, verse number 2. Gideon, you all know the story, was summoned to lead an army of God. And Gideon called everybody, 32,000 people showed up. That's a sizable army. But then God told Gideon, go and stand before the people. Tell all of them. Everybody that is scared, you don't belong here. You can go home. God don't need coward soldiers in his army. And sure enough, Gideon showed up before the people and told them, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so glad you all showed up to fight. But if you're here and you're scared and you're fearful, you can go home. Guess how many people went home? 22,000. You sure right about it. Guess what's missing? No faith. You have thousands of people with a spirit of fear. That's like 70% of the whole army gone. Now, even the preacher got scared now. That's the truth in your Bible. Gideon said, how are we going to win when 22,000 people have gone home? But the battle is the Lord. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but whatever you're facing this morning, in this season of Christmas, one of the powerful messages of Christmas is that you don't have to be afraid. Are you still here this morning? 
Too many people are living in a world of fear. They are Christian, all right. They are on their way to heaven, all right. But they are living in fear. And they are not able to make progress because of this spirit of fear in them. One day, God told Reverend Moses, he said, look, I've heard the cries of my people. I've seen their suffering. I want you to go to Pharaoh and lead God's people out of slavery. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Guess who is sending him? God himself. But Reverend Moses said, oh, time out. What if? Pharaoh asked the question, who sent you? This is Moses now asking God, the creator of heaven and earth. You know why he's asking that kind of question? He is scared. He has fear in him. Because he grew up in the home of Pharaoh. He knows how powerful Pharaoh's army is. He knows what Pharaoh is able and capable of doing. So Moses said, what if Pharaoh asked me the question, who in the world sent you? Too many people are wondering through life in the valley of what if. The only thing that is holding up your progress, you're too busy asking the question, what if this? What if that? Just think about it. Think how many things that you fail to do or you refuse to do because of your what if. Just think about it. Think how many things that you actually did only because you're thinking, what if I don't do this? It's a spirit of fear. It can hold a church from growing. It can hold a family from growing. It can hold your ministry, your business from making progress. You just think about it. How many nights you could have slept good, but what if kept you awake all night? It's a spirit. You're busy thinking, what if this? What if that? Just think about it. How many mornings you wake up anxious, worrying about something, all because you're busy thinking, what if this, what if that? So what if was your alarm clock? You wake up worrying, and now your whole day is messed up. Because of your worry. Many of you will ask the question, what if they laugh at me? I've seen young preachers ask me that. What if they rejected me? And then sometimes I will shock them and say, good for you. Sometimes I will tell them, welcome to the club. People see the glory, but they don't know the real story. 
You saw the brother just coming out and take a little song, no time to practice, no rehearsal time. I just said, brother, I want you to come sing this for me. And out of obedience, he came up there and he sang as if he's been practicing all year. But I bet you, when he started out, it wasn't always like that. Sometimes your knee will buckle. Don't allow your what ifs to destroy your possibility. Some of you will ask a question What if they don't accept me? What if they reject me? Can I be brutally honest with you? The problem with Moses, and so it is with many of us, when Moses was 40 years old, you all remember his story. He killed somebody. He killed an Egyptian. And when he killed that African, the only reason he killed him is because he was trying to defend his people, the Jewish people. But the guilt of his crime years ago is still tormenting him. And somebody is here today listening to me. And God is trying to open door for you to make progress. But you need to get rid of your fear in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to set aside your worries. Many of us, we allow our past to dictate our future. The truth be told, there is no single person here who have not done something wrong in their life. But God sent his only begotten son to die for your sin and for my sin. So that whatever you have done in your past is gone to a sea of forgetfulness. The Bible says, fear not. So I say to you, my brothers, my sisters, be careful that you don't Project your past into your future. It becomes like a big weight that you are carrying and you will not be able to move. God said, what is in your hand, Mr. Moses? You'll remember the story. And he said, ain't nothing but a shepherd sticks. And you are sending me to a commander of a national army, internationally known. And all I got is a stick. And God began to educate Moses, just like I'm taking my time to educate you now, that what you have in your hand is not ordinary. It, to the physical eye, it's just a stick. But that stick in your hand is a protection. That stick in your hand is power of God. That stick in your hand is your security. So I'm saying to you, my brothers and my sisters, as we approach Christmas this year, remember all the sticks in your hand. What are the sticks in my hand, Reverend? I'm glad you asked. 
the name of Jesus. Are you listening to me this morning? Whenever the devil raises his ugly head, I cannot promise you the devil will not show his ugly head. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, we will have trouble. But it don't matter how much you hide. But when trouble comes, God has got your back. Say amen to that. You got the name of Jesus. Another stick in your hand is called the blood of Jesus. Apply that blood to your situation. Apply that blood to your house. Apply that blood on your children. Apply that blood on your job. You're going to hear it over and over again. People say, oh, we got to lay up. Oh, we got to get rid of a bunch of people. You don't have to worry. You don't have to panic. I hear the Lord say, a thousand may fall. Ten thousand by your right. But as for you, you will only hear about it. It won't touch you. So you have to begin to apply what you know. That stick in your hand. Everywhere you go, you go shopping, take your stick with you. You're having family reunion, take your stick with you. They say, come in at 7 a.m. and clock in, that's all right, I'll be there. Take your stick with you. And when the devil raises his ugly head, be quick to use what you got. What is the stick in my hand? Ladies and gentlemen, the word of God. The word of God. Unfortunately, that word of God is a book that many of you have never read. Because the stick in your hand, you saw it as ordinary. You see it just as a book. But you need to read the book. Read it for your salvation. Read it for your healing. Read it for your miracles. Read it for provisions of life. I never will forget one time I was behind on my bills. And the word of God just was an ordinary devotional. And I hear the Lord say, the children of, of lions do lack. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I happen to come from Africa. I know how powerful a lion is. And the Bible says, yet, as powerful as they are, they do lack sometimes. But then the Bible continues to read, anyone that put their trust in God, they will never lack for anything. Man, I grab hold of that. I knew right then everything would be all right. My wife said, what you going to do? I said, I'll be all right. How you know? I say, I got a feeling. 
everything will be all right. And sure enough, the Lord came through for us. David was so sure about what I'm telling you. He's using the stick in his hand. He said, I was young. Now I'm an old man. I never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor their seed begging for bread. Tell your neighbor, use your stick. Read the book called the Bible. That's the stick in your hand. If you don't read your Bible and you don't know what God has in stock for you, and then you are praying, you say, Lord, do this, do that. God is like, wait a minute. Did you even read the book I gave to you? Because when you read the book God gives you, it will affect your prayer life. Many of us, we don't receive because the Bible says we ask a means. Why do we miss the mark? Because we don't know what God said about that situation. God is saying to you and me, I made it available to you. It's the stick in your hand. It's on your desktop. It's on your iPad. It's on your iPod. It's on your iPhone. Any other high out there, he put it there. You can listen to it. You can dance to it. You can be swimming and be listening to the Bible. You can be driving and be listening to the Bible. You can read it with your own eye. I mean, it's all over the place. God bless America. But will you believe many people still, they never read it. God has done everything to put a stick in your hand. He put it there in English. He put it there in German. He put it in Chinese. If you're an African, it's in Swahili, Swahili. Whatever you need to know. The Spanish people can hear it. The Chinese people can hear it. We have no excuse. So God is saying to Moses, I know you're scared of Pharaoh, but there is a stick in your hand. You've got to use it. Read that book. There's wisdom in that book. There is salvation in that book. Believe it or not, there is healing. You're right, sister. In that book. Every answer to all your questions. And the books is allow me to remind you today in page 2001. Fear not. It's in the book. So all you need to do speak it. Declare it. Absorb it. Don't allow the enemy to scare you over anything. Oh, what my children are going to do? No, God's got your back. Oh, I heard uh, my, my job, they are cutting back. God's got your back. Ladies and gentlemen, God said, in this season of Christmas, fear not. 
Don't worry. Oh, maybe I got cancer. Fear not. Oh, the doctor said, uh, somebody's going to get heart attack. Uh, so many people get heart attack every week. Fear not. When well, they told me bad things going to happen to everyone that lives in the south. Fear not. And you don't need to move. Stay right here. Money is waiting for you at the place of your assignment. Are you listening to me? They've been telling me, they say, oh, 15% of people in Louisiana are moving. They say, it's, it's not what's going to happen. It's already happening. So everybody moves. They say, you know, they say, what you going to do, Dr. Dara? I say, I'll, be, I'll stay right here. Are you crazy? No. I say I have enough sense to know. My blessing is waiting for me. At the place of my assignment. Use your stick. Don't let the enemy run you out of your place of miracle. Too many people are so busy living in fear. Am I going to get cancer? Am I going to, to escape COVID? They said another one is coming. Where? Storm may rise. And wind may blow. But if God is for you, nobody can be against you. Please remember that one verse. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But what God has given you is power, love, and sound mind. Touch somebody next to you and tell that somebody, I'm not crazy. Now bless him and say, you're not crazy. Come on, tell him. You may be sitting with somebody who is believing God for a breakthrough in their life right now. Confirm the spirit in his life and say, you're not crazy. You're not insane. You're not losing your mind. Fear not. Sometimes I wish so hard to tell some lady, fear not, you will get married. Don't waste my time. Remove a spirit of fear. And I'm telling you, your boss is coming. Many of you can't even say amen to that. You see, that's a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear is consuming you. The preacher said, fear not. Your boss is coming. Some of you, the devil, has put so much mess in your mind. Now you're worried about your finance. Now you're worried about your job. Now you're worried about your marriage. Now you're worried about your school. You worry too much worrying going on. But I hear the Lord saying, Philippians 4 says, be careful for nothing. Am I still in the book? But in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. And the peace of God, hallelujah. 
Some of you are saying, Pastor, you don't get it. I'm not being fearful. I'm being attacked right now. Sometimes the devil will attack your body. Sometimes we attack your mind. Sometimes we attack close people to you. Are they going to fire me, Pastor? Well, how do I know? I don't work in your company. But this much I do know. God cannot lie. If God says he's got your back, he's got your back. So today in the name of Jesus, I rebuke every spirit of fear in this house. As we approach this season, it will be a season of joy. It will be a season of prosperity. It will be a season of happiness. It will be a season of good health. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth, shout amen. I say open your mouth, shout amen. amen. So be careful what you feed your spirit in this season. I'll be honest with you, that's why I don't watch as much news as I used to. I was a news junkie. I would stay up and watch the news all day. And the Lord told me through the Holy Spirit, he said, cut them. Because they'll be feeding your spirit with negative stuff. And then they mess up your mind and turn around and sell you the pills to take. The same company. So you got to use the stick. Because they are the one controlling the narratives. They make you think this way. They make you think that way. And then when your mind is messed up, then they say, by the way, we got this medication for you. The devil is alive. Fear not. Whatever you're going through right now, you say, Pastor, you don't get it. I just have a breakdown on the highway of life. I just had a flat. I was just say, fear not. Calm down. We got a spare tire. Somehow, somewhere, we're going to make this journey. The same enemy that is attacking you is the same enemy that is attacking me. Is the same enemy that is attacking all of us. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. But Jesus said, Do I have a witness in the house? He said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So I'm going to say this in conclusion. Some of you will say, okay, brother, pastor, I got it. So, but you're a little too late. I'm already in fear. Believe me, I get it. I've been in fear. We were building this building. Many of you don't know it. And a bunch of contractors put a lien on this building. You think I'm not scared? And if I say I'm not, I lied. Because now everybody, 
Brother Pastor, now what you going to do now? And you know what was so sad? I hope my deacons don't mind me sharing this with you. What was so sad was that the church paid the general contractor. But the general contractor failed to pay his subcontractors. And now the subcontractors, they got smart and all, all of them hired a lawyer. And then they put lien. Now here's me. We're trying to do what we call an opening. Not just an opening, but a grand opening. And here comes the devil. Every now and then I tell people, people see the glory, but they really don't know my story. What do you do? When the Lord bless you with a good spouse, and on the day of your wedding, the devil showed up. I hear the Lord say, fear not. He wants to cause panic. The only thing I could tell everybody in the church, I say, hear the facts. I want you to know what's going on. But God's got our back. Fear not. The same message that I preach to the congregation is what I'm telling you today. I just don't want the church to get it. I want you to get it for your own self. The pastor will not always be there. And I'm not talking theories. I've been through it. In my personal life, the devil caused fear. In my business life, in my professional life, in my ministry life. What do you do when the devil show up uninvited? And then everybody's looking at, at to you now. You say you're the daddy. You say you're the pastor. You say you're this, you're that. Now what are you going to do about it? Instruction number one, fear not. That's right, brother. Do not pack. How did I know this? Let me, of course, my, my time is up. Open your Bible to Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, 14. This is what you need to do whenever fear attacks you. There's something we call panic attack. There's something we call Anxiety attack. I've been a victim. Ain't no shame in my game. But I found the answer in the word of God. Freely I receive. Freely I give. And then I let you go. When the people of Israel, here they were before the Red Sea. How many of you know those Negroes were scared? You will be scared too if you're there. <laughs> the preacher was scared. <laughs> Three million people. Not only are they facing red sea in front of them, they look behind them. You know you can always think about running back. But this time you ain't going nowhere. 
Because there are some booger men. They call them Pharaoh's army. Now what you going to do? God spoke to Moses. And this is the instruction from Pastor Moses. I've learned to use this many times. You know, if you pastor 26 years, you've counseled so many people, so many counseling, individual needs, family needs, group needs. It comes in all shaping. This is what I tell them. Moses said in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, guess what the first thing he told them? See, instruction number one, I just told you. Don't be scared. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Be fearless. If the devil whoop you the next time, it's your fault. Because I took my time to walk you through the word of God. In case you were counting, I cited to you 23 references in one sermon. So you have no excuse. God said, fear not. Moses tell the people, yes, I see the Red Sea just like you all. Yes, I see the Pharaoh's army. I'm not stupid. I'm in the same predicament. Pastors don't have a special life. I wear my pants the same way you wear yours. If you pinch me, it hurts. Just like it will hurt if I pinch you. What makes the difference is for us to walk under the anointing. God said something, believe it and do it. Put it to work. Instruction number one. When the devil shows his ugly head, I don't know where he will show up. I don't know if he's going to show up on the job or show up at the house or show up in the public or show up in your place of employment. I don't know. But what I do know, you can walk in victory. How do I do, brother pastor? Number one, fear not. Number two, you know what? He says, stand firm. Stand firm. You know, many of us would like to sit there and relax. I'll be honest with you. The reason why we're going through some things in this community is because we won't stand. I wonder how many pastors, hey, don't turn me off, that we can cut on. When the going get off, that you will stand for righteousness and stand for holiness and stand for justice. But too many sell out. Now they lost the church now. Moses said, when the devil show up with his ugly head, stand. book of Ephesians put it this way. It says, having done all. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> there are many things they won't fight me to because in their mind, the Negro might 
but go off. You got to take a stand. If you don't stand for something, instruction number three, he said, see the salvation of the Lord. You know what that means? In this life, you got to see it before you see it. You got to see yourself blessed. Here you are in your hospital bed. The nurses are running their mouth. The doctors, are, they are all trying to help you, you know. But in your spirit, you see, they, they draw you in, in a bed. But you know in your spirit, you're walking out of here. Can you see yourself healed? The doctors are trying to help. The nurses are trying to help. But they are trying to help you while you get your faith together. Moses said, see your own salvation. See the salvation of the Lord. You ought to see yourself a homeowner. You ought to see yourself in your own car. You ought to see your children blessed. You ought to, if you don't see it, why should God trust you with it? And you know the, the last thing he told them to do? It's in your Bible. He said, be quiet. I wish I had time. Many of you, your worst enemy is your mouth. Every time God is trying to do something, you open your, your, your. Be quiet. Yes, Jericho has a wall. Yes, the wall is fortified. Yes, the wall is so tall. I don't know what giant you're facing. I don't know what problem you, it is looking at you. But the Bible says, if you can be still and let the Lord fight your battle, then we know victory shall be yours. But you talk too much. Look at your neighbor and say, shh. While God is working it out, while heaven is defending you, while the angels are working on your behalf, you need to learn to be quiet. You need to learn to be still. I got to stop. Everybody stand to your feet. Hold somebody's hand next to you. I want us to pray. I want one of the deacons to come up here. He said, be fearless. Rule number one. Rule number two, be still. Rule number three, be watchful. Rule number four, be quiet. Oh, I wish I can testify. So many battles I've won by simply learning to be fearless. Learning 
to be still. Learning to be watchful. And just learn to shut my mouth. I heard one songwriter put it this way. If I can hold my peace. And let the Lord fight my battle. The word of God guarantees. Do you know of any battle God ever lost? us a spirit of fear. Lord, I thank you this morning. Oh, Jesus. Father God, we come right now before your throne, Lord, just thanking you for a mighty word from you this morning, Lord. That you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. We thank you, Lord, that is the enemy may rise up on the left, he may rise up on the right, but we shall overcome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I'm a more than a conqueror through you this morning. Lord. I thank you, Lord, that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just praise your holy name for you being a God in the midst this morning. Lord, I don't know, maybe somebody out there this morning hadn't accepted you. Don't have that power. Don't have that assurance this morning. And right now, Lord, I pray that you would touch that heart right now for everything that the man of God has spoken about this morning. We have to become believers to receive it. Father, we walk by faith, not by sight. Standing on your promises and your word, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That in this season, Lord, we thank you right now that you sent your only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. In this season, Lord, we thank you right now. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that we become hearers of your word and doers of your word right now. Father, the man of God has given us something to stand on in this season. We won't fear. We will not fear. Because you didn't give us a spirit of fear. And Father, we just thank you for it right now. We thank you for the power that you give us through the Holy Spirit that we can do all things, all things right now through Christ. Father, we thank you that this season of Christmas, hell, Jesus, we're not going to X you out of it because it's all about you. And we thank you for it right now. Father God, we pray that you would build up the man of God, Father, where he pulled out this morning, Lord refill him right now with the power of your Holy Spirit right now Lord for we realize he has another job to do in a few hours in a few minutes so Lord we just thank you for it thank you for that refreshing right now Father we thank you for all those that are gathered here this morning Lord 
We thank you, Father. And we just give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. Father, we got man. For those that you want to meet the pastor after the benediction, him and his lovely wife will be standing right up here in front. We're going to do a benediction now. May the grace of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, may it rest, rule, and abide with each one of us henceforth, now, and forevermore. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.